Here's the boys. Nice little pleasantries exchanged there, lads, before we start the podcast. <laughs> yeah, probably a sign of what's going to uh, going to go on for the next hour. But uh, Jimbo, you're looking well. Going for a little bit of peach? Is that it? what colour would you call that there, Jim? Uh, peachy salmon, maybe. Yeah, oh, maybe pathetic. hot orange <laughs> coloured tanks. Don't say lad. Look at them. <laughs> I was going to say actually. Not I was, teeth, lad. I was going to say was, ginger beard. Tell us about your. What's the the latest with the teeth tank? Are they all done now? Have you had the? Have you had everything? They look great. Have you had everything done? They're not even real, mate. Really? Yeah, they're, they're not, not the real. Ones. You they're know. the temporary ones. Never going to be real, are they? Horse teeth get fitted on the twenty fourth. Ah, okay, okay. So you just had to make do with them until the proper job is come. Unbelievable. To be fair, I like. Can you taste food? Does well, it taste still there? Yeah, but does it make it <laughs> does it make it different or not? Like, because I know you taste that, for it on your tongue. But... Taste buds. <laughs> That's what I said. He's still got a tongue, Jim. No, I know, I know that. I get that, but like, I don't know. Your teeth are a part of yourself, so like, if you've got like, you know, that's like me saying I've had an eye test. Do your ears feel different? <laughs> it might do you though. Thank how are you, mate? All good. All good, mate. Yeah, all good. Good stuff, right? So there's. We've had loads of people pinging in, uh, wanting the lads' opinions on various bits and bobs. So we've got loads of stuff to cover today. And I think that the first thing that we have to start on, because Jimmy piped up earlier in the week about some of Tank's predictions. So we're going to uh, let you re revisit one of those. Uh, I want to get your opinion, and I'll come to you first, Tank, right? Have Arsenal bottled the league? Because look, look, come on. I'm sorry on. to cut you short, Jamie, but let's let's put things into perspective. People like people who don't really understand football, oh, like yeah. Jimmy. Here you go. Yeah. Like, on, on a serious <laughs> note, how did he bottle the league? Seriously. Come on. 12 points clear. You, you, you're against an absolute juggernaut in Manchester City who's who can afford they've went to Everton and rested nearly all the fucking squad and just played with Everton. Just played with them. There's no other side in world football can do that. The, what they built, they created. And look, I'm at a stage now where it's kind of like the stigma what stands over Man City, with what, how have they done it right or wrong? But, you know, just as a football thing, I think we, we all have to dot our cap to them and just say, they are phenomenal. They are. You've got to take your hat off. No matter what way, whether you like it, dislike it, they are phenomenal. The standard, what they've set, and the fact that Liverpool went toe-to-toe -to -toe with them for so many years, and look what it's done to Liverpool, by the way. It's fucking decimated them this season. The fact that Arsenal pushed them all of the way with such a young squad. Arsenal have not bottled the league at all. They've lost five games all season. Five games. They've got bad injuries to key players at key times. They've dropped points in the last three or four games when they've lost, a, you know, a couple of really, really key players. The centre-half, you know, he's been one of the best players of the season by a country mile. And to lose him, and this this is where your squad comes in, boys. You lose him and you put fucking Bobby Olden in. That's a problem. <laughs> That's a problem. You know, he's not even a Premier League-level defender. And when you're going for a title and you're playing him against Haaland... Well, you've got zero chance. If Man City lose Diaz, they put fucking a Kanjin or fucking the kid from Bournemouth, I can't think of his name. They've got sheer quality throughout. So, and I'm not just saying this because of what Jimmy, because I'm, I genuinely <laughs> believe if, if anybody thinks that Man City, that Arsenal a bottle of title, you don't understand football. You don't understand it. As a concept of a game, you have zero knowledge of football, if that's your opinion. Well, let me, let me play devil's advocate here because I like doing this. So, 
<laughs> you you did you did back Arsenal for the title tank. I, I do agree yeah. with the, the Saliba thing is a massive blow. And I think I said a few Huge. weeks ago, you, you're not going to win titles with Rob Holden at centre back. No disrespect, but the level is so high now. We spoke about it going toe to toe with this City team over the years as a Liverpool fan that they've now turned draws into what what basically are defeats, which just talks you know shows the magnitude of, of what they've done. Jim, let me go to to me devil advocate uh, position that I like to assume right. Arsenal, nine points from the last 21 available. Now, in the position that they were in and the games that they dropped points, like I'm not talking about going to Liverpool and and drawing a game when they were in front because anybody can do that. But there was games in that running that, in my opinion, Arsenal should have seen through. Now, there's there's absolutely no issue with taking Manchester City to the last day and, and... City pipping you, as Tank says, and rightly says, let's get this right, Manchester City are unbelievable, ignoring all the, the hullabaloo that's around Manchester City, their manager is incredible, the way that he's evolved some of the players that he's bought, like he's, he's, he's the top, top of the top of the tree for me, but if you're looking at Arsenal specifically, that return, nine points from 21, irrespective of whether Saliba is there or not, for me, is a bit of a collapse. And I agree with Tank what he's saying, going toe-to-toe with this City side. It's a lot to ask of this Arsenal team. They shouldn't even be doing it based on the, the players that they have. I don't think they'll get a better opportunity to try and win a, a Premier League because I think some of the other big guns will come back fighting next year. But that points return is alarming, no? Yeah. And the question isn't, have Arsenal done well? to get to where they are, because of course they have. They've done fantastically well to be where they are. The question is, have Arsenal bottled the league? And there were nine points clear at the beginning of March. Nine points clear, and then they've played people like Southampton, drew 3-3 after being 2-0 down. They've gone 2-0 down in most of the games. Let's have it right, Saliba wasn't even wanted by Arteta until the start of this season, so he's not that integral to their plans long-term. Well, he is now, because he's come back and done you know, an amazing thing. But Arteta didn't even want him. There was talks of Saliba hating being at Arsenal. He wanted to go back to France, who's there on loan, and they've had to bring him back in due to defensive uh, frailties, and he and he's shone like a like a star that he, he he was and is. So, you know, can't go anyone who's in front in the league and loses it. Bottles it. You bottle it. You you've got you've got the points on the on the board. So then anything that you then have to go from that point forward, you've you've lost games and you rightly said it, losing against Liverpool or, you know, teams that there, that's not that is not the uh, the, the essence of their league failure. That could have actually, if they'd have done the business in the other games, that could have been a good point. Exactly. Because, you, you know, this you've got to take in the running. Yeah, sometimes you get lucky when you're running, sometimes you don't. You Sometimes you have to play the big teams, sometimes you don't. But that's not anyone's fault. You only play what's in front of you. You can't get beat by Brighton 3-0 at home if you are looking to win the league. You can't draw 3-3 with Southampton at home or a rock bottom of the league if you are looking to win the league. Now they go into a young team, you know, they, they go to, to City, you're unbelievable. City have probably played about twice as many games as Arsenal have played this season. Due to all the many players. Twice as many Just, players as Arsenal. 
so, but you've just gone. They they, they swapped. The t- I think they swapped three players. Kyle Walker started, which I didn't think was the right thing to do. Erling Haaland started. They swapped you can swap three players. Four players per game. For three players. Four players. They swapped about three players, but you're saying like also have got Enketi and they've got um, Smith Rowe was sort of the next big thing. So Enketi comes. Team. So Jesus comes out the side and Enketi comes in. You're saying that's the equivalent of Haaland coming out the side and World Cup winner coming in. It's not the same, mate. It's not well, the same. It's not the same, but they, they, they approved. Ken Ketty scored, uh, you know, what? Premier League you goals. Do? He scored, he scored, he scored six goals. Everyone was saying that Enketia, you know, take Maitland Niles, he was scoring important goals two or three months ago, and everyone was saying that he should be pushing for a place on. Arsenal who? have just. Who? Maitland Mate. Niles, for one. And then people in the media were saying that, he, you know, Maitland Niles will now push on, and that he's seemingly fallen back by the wayside. Arsenal would have Isn't never. Isn't he at Southampton, Jim? He's at Southampton, you can't. Not Maitland now. The other guy, then. What's the other guy's <laughs> name? You know what I mean? He's got a fucking you know I could see Tank's face. I could see his face there going. Tank's like, I'm sure he's at Southampton, but I don't want to say it in case. No, if, if Tank could Google things. <laughs> if Tank could actually use his <laughs> laptop there, he could have Googled it, what? but his laptop uh... doesn't work properly. So. <laughs> <laughs> he can't even. T- he doesn't know how to type. He wanted to. Have- one figure typing, I but just, lads, I just think you've got to put into perspective. I mean, just no, I get no, what Arsenal done. Shit at Arsenal. They're on, they're on course, Jimmy, to get 90 points this season. It's a fucking huge turnaround from last season, but they didn't make champions. No, I'm, I'm not saying yeah, they you know, start got, shouting got, over each other. Come on, come on. For me, they've got possibly some of the most exciting way. youngsters in world football, especially that front attack and three. You know, the two Wait. wide boys are as good as anything you see in world football. The midfielders, they're outstanding at nearly every single level. They've gone toe-to-toe with, with a juggernaut this season. And do you know what? I genuinely think they'll be fucking stronger next season. I know you're saying that you mightn't get a better chance, Jamie. I agree, because we're fully expecting Liverpool to improve, Chelsea to improve, Spurs won't be this bad next season. Man United will spend £650 million on the best players in the world who don't suit their side, but they'll do it anyway. They'll help hope to. I've got to come on to the quote, by the way, about them in a minute. So okay. I know what you're saying is they mightn't get a better side, but they're on course to get 90 points this season. It's fucking phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It phenomenal. Without and taking my into they... equation, that wins leagues fucking every single year without a shadow of a doubt. We've been there as Liverpool fans. We've been there. And you're like, how can you not win the league with 94 points? How can you not win the league with 91 points? Arsenal are going to get 90 points and not win the league. That's not a bottle job. Did Liverpool bottle it against they Man dropped, City then? They dropped, no, because Liverpool weren't in the lead, though, were they? They weren't I mean, nine it's, it's points. Not, the season it, isn't just four games. No, I get that, but you they were cruising. They're on cruise control. They're out all the competitions. Now, if you're telling me one injury to Saliba, is that vital that Arsenal bottle start losing all these games? And the, the squad is it's far done. too fragile. It's Don't get me wrong, I know he's integral to the team, but they were nine points ahead. And, um, you know, they, they've been cruising all season. They're out all cup competitions. They had no extra games. City now have got, they had game Tuesday, the game Saturday, back to game Wednesday, FA Cup final coming up. They've got games. It just, City. it just goes to what I'm saying. Like, when I'm saying Man- Manchester City can make three or four big, big changes week in, week out, and it doesn't affect them. I'm not saying they changed the whole side, but they can afford to leave to Bruyne out Mares and one of the centre halves and put sheer quality in like Folden or whoever come in, and there's no difference. They're exactly the same juggernaut. That's a huge difference. 
So City are phenomenal, but Arsenal, regardless of what you think, Arsenal bottled the league. You can't be nine points in front and not bottle it. Okay, let me let me just say right, they were nine points clear and they lost to Liverpool. Uh, they lost to City. They lose to uh, Chelsea uh, uh, no, of old, right? You go fair enough. They're teams that you're likely to live. And and City had six games, and it was uh, you know Southampton, Leicester, Leeds, and it was all easy. You go fair enough. That's just the way. The but you can't not drop points against Southampton against. Brighton, although Brighton are doing well. Let's Arsenal, give Brighton some credit, by the way, because they no, are Brighton one of the best. Are, mate, Brighton are you brilliant. Of the year. If you want to win, you, do, you think, do you think City lose to Southampton 3-0 at home? If you want to win the league, you need to beat these teams, right? If you're not, you're not doing the right things and you are... You, 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 yeah, you, you can't okay, say that. What was probably not the right word, but they've clearly... Shit the bed and 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 not got the right mentality to get it over the finish line. So let me look at it this way, right? So I know what Tank's saying. If you look in isolation, right? So it, it, the season and how you've done is is based or should be based, I guess, over the course of a season. And if you just said to an Arsenal fan, you're going to get ninety points, anything other than an unbelievable achievement is is basic they've they've overachieved everything against every metric that they should have done at the start of the season okay. 90 points in any season no matter who you're up against is an unbelievable season i suppose the question marks come they put themselves in such a strong position and this is where i don't know if you watch monday night football last night i found it interesting listening to gary neville whilst he irritates the life out of me this season i think he was absolutely bang on with his assessment of arsenal in that he was a little uncomfortable about the the, the over celebrating, or the, the there was a lot of emotion, and and I've seen this happen with Liverpool. They were very very emotional with the with the weight of obviously the long wait for a Premier League title. I don't know if you obviously you remember Gerard actually got upset after the City game, and there was just so much emotion wrapped up that when things go slightly wrong or you come to those that those final games where. City are like robots. They've done this dance. This will be, the, I think it's their fifth title in six years. They are not emotional. They are just clinical. They There's, there's a reason why they're able to put these 10, 12, 14 game runs together. Whereas pressure can do strange things. So I'm looking at this tank and thinking, it's not that I feel sorry for Arsenal, but they've just cut... Pressure is just weighed heavy and it does strange things to people. City have done this dance many, many a time. I just think they'll look back at these games and whilst whilst nobody can look at a 90-point season and go, you know, they've not had a good year, they've been unbelievable, unbelievable. It's a massive missed opportunity based on where they were and where they'll ultimately ultimately finish now. No, I don't think so, mate, because I don't, I don't think that, you know, we are speaking here like this is the end of Arsenal. For me, this is the beginning of Arsenal. So, so on that look. point, actually, we got a question in from Massey who wants to know, is this a one-season wonder for them or do you think that Arsenal will be challenging next season? Not for me, mate. I, I look at I look at their starting eleven. They need to add some really good quality to the, to the squad. You, can, you know, if they do get injuries, they can come in and make a difference. There's not many better than their two wide players, boys. I mean, come on, fucking hell, on their day, they can absolutely destroy anybody in world football. I mean, we were talking about Gabriel Jesus as being player of the season early on in the season. He was fucking phenomenal. He was old. We were talking on this podcast saying his hold-up play is ridiculous. Didn't even know we could do that. You know, let's. he got a bad injury as well. He was out for a long period of time. And then you look at the... Uh, 
Odegaard's a midfielder. I mean, is there a better midfield player in world football than him at the minute, the way he's performing? He's only mm. 22, he's the captain. This is not the end of Arsenal. This is the absolute beginning of Arsenal. And if he had, you've got to say his transfers in the summer were outstanding. They brought in Zinchenko, who's another one. Massive loss injured for the rest of the season, missed a few games. I think that the building something really special. And I understand what you're saying about where they're getting an emotion and that. But go back to last season, Jamie. Arsenal was quite poisonous. The fans were like on Arteta's back. They have wanted them out. And for me, they've just flipped this round and it's an emotional stadium. You know, I think it was the Man United game I watched there and the atmosphere was they went they went one nil down at home to Manchester United. Yeah, we spoke about it and they rose up, didn't they? It was off the charts. They turned it round, they beat them. I don't think there's anything wrong with emotion and stuff like that in football. In fact, I actually I like it, not just as because Liverpool do, but that also side, I'm like, I like the emotion in it. I I I would like the emotion, but I think as players. You need yeah, to need, and you know this better than me. Like we, we, I think as a football fan, football without emotion is is not football anymore. We certainly saw that with COVID and everything. Just stripped the game, just became shite and dull. But I think, and you'll know this when you were going for the title with Forest. I think you said it, didn't you? There was a what was the game that you said? Was it Reading at home Redding. where you were playing, and it was yeah. like the emotion in the stadium, and you you could feel it. I think as as players, and I say this having never gone for a championship or a, a Premier League title, but you nearly have to be methodical and try and remove yourself from the game the and point, play the opposition. It's difficult. it's difficult to do that because, you know, Redden at the time, I think Redden were fucking, I don't know whether they'd been relegated or they were down the bottom. And it was kind of like, it was a gimme. It was like Redden at home to Forest, game over. Fuck me, one of the toughest games I've ever played. Still to this day, you're fucking, your mouth's dry and everything. You're just like, please, someone do something to score a goal. We were getting fucking battered from pillar to post. We couldn't get near them. Every pass we were doing, we were kicking out of play. I'm crossing balls over the stand. Fucking Van Oudonk's missing chances. Kev Cam's missing chances. And you're like, what's going on here? And, you know, we knew the other results were going against us. And the tension in the stadium, even though we knew we were going to get promoted, it was like, fucking, you could hear a pin drop. And then all of a sudden, like, Bart Williams does this great turn. Shanks one into the corner. And the relief in the stadium... So, and we were senior players, well, I was, I was young, but we had senior players, international players, like fucking Colin Cooper in England International, fucking Des Little, Steve, we had proper experienced players, Arsenal haven't, they'd be better for this experience, this is the beginning of them. Jim, just on the, I suppose the, the second stage of this question is, you know, uh, Obviously, there's the Arsenal side of things, and they've got to be commended for, for at least having a go at this set, set City side. But then there's the other side that I've seen over the last week or two, people popping up and saying, you know, is City's dominance bad for the game? And I'm I'm probably going to surprise you with what I'm going to say Most here, right? Because people aren't thinking it's fairy tale, not a fairy do, tale. This one. Do you know what? Do you know what it is, right? I remember back to Man United. They had periods of dominance where they would win multiple leagues back to back to back. They would go out and buy the best players and spend loads of money, I, like. I, I think the issue here is obviously the, the the spending patterns and all that stuff with City and, and, and the investigations that are ongoing. But from a purely footballing perspective, there's there's no difference to the league here than when United were dominant. It's just City have the best manager, best players, best resources. Man United had the best manager, the best player, the best resources. Are people making more of this or...? 
it's it's cyclical, isn't it? Everyone hated United unless you were a United fan. United had all the glory hunters going to support them, and they had all the things. And you know, like you say, United yeah, Howard Webb playing for them as well. Yeah, and it's it's you know, people seem to view Man United as this team that brought on all these young players, which they did. Obviously, they did. They had a lot of young players coming through, but none of them really lasted the length apart from your Beckham, your Neville's, gigs. There was a few where, and then a few played and maybe played bit parts like Nicky Butt and Wes Brown, but they went out and bought the best players. Van Nistelrooy, it was like 30-odd million. Berbatov was 30-odd million at the time. Rooney Ferdinand. was 30-odd million at the time. And Ferdinand this before, was record, record, Ferdinand uh, record defender as well, wasn't he? 46-odd million. You know, they went out and bought the best players and everyone hated them for it. It then went to Chelsea and Chelsea had the two years of dominance with Abramovich going out and buying it and everyone hated Chelsea. The same is happening to City now because they've gone, there's no, other than the Leicester League win, there's no league being won in the Premier League where it isn't done by a team in the top three of spending. Arsenal, Chelsea, uh, no, no, Liverpool no, no. and... Jimmy, you're wrong, and, who? Who? You're wrong, mate. So you, you, your comment about Man United there. Your, your comment about Man United there is so fucking wrong. It's untrue. How? Man United. Man United's first team was flooded with academy kids. How can I'm you not say that? that? I'm not it's saying. You've only got eleven is... players, mate, and you've named five. Well, then they've gone and bought out what? So United didn't spend. You, you say Man United, United didn't spend money. City done. Man United signed one marquee player per season. I'm not saying they don't the watch it. That the wasn't the question. It wasn't the Bang. question. The question well, wasn't, you, are you Man United doing Man City have done exactly the same as Man United. That's so far from the truth. It's, it's untrue. The two never played over 300 games to the club. Wes Brown, 350 games to the club. John O'Shea, over 300 games to the club. Nicky Butt, over 300 games to the club. That's Paul Stone, 400 games to the club. Ryan Giggs, 800 games to the club. David Beckham, 350 games to the club. Fucking hell, mate. The list is endless. By the so way, I'm very impressed with the tank the point is, That's not the question, though, is it? The question it's is... The question is, 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 Man United the question the same. is, you is said Man City didn't bring any the game? But that's not my point. Did Man United or did they not spend money? No, Jimmy, the question was, Jamie says, is Manchester United and Manchester City the same? And you said, Man United brought a couple of players through the ranks. No, they never. Point... The team was flooded with the homegrown players with the odds, big money signing. Man United didn't were buy you, titles. When like Man United was when when Man United was dominating English football, were you bothered? What do you mean was you bothered? Were you bothered? No, I wasn't bothered, but he didn't do what Man City bothered. done. That's what you weren't going. Oh, when Man United were walking out, breaking transfers for defenders and strikers and whatnot, you weren't won going. Won a season, mate. That's the whole point. They won a season and they slotted in next to a, a homegrown player. So your issue with City is not the spending. Issue your issue is not the winning, it's the spending. Is that what you're saying? No, no. My, I've, listen, I've, Man City are a phenomenal juggernaut and I wish that Liverpool could have the spending power of what Man City had. But Man so City being point? charged with 114 charges what? of irregularity, financial irregularities, that's not right. So you, you, Is that, you're is that your issue with City, not them winning the league? You're, I don't know. Not, not at all, mate. I've just said to you before this podcast start, Man City... Give them praise and credit. They're a fucking juggernaut. They're unbelievable. But you said that Man City are doing exactly what Man United done. That's so far in, from the truth. It's untrue. In, 
total dominance of English football. However well, they've done it, I, 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 I really Man, don't Man, care. I really out, don't care. I'm not a fan who goes, oh, City are ruining football. United are ruining football. That's not, that's not how I view it. That's not my view of the world. But I guarantee you, nine out of ten fans view that the way that it is. Regardless how you do it, regardless if you bring all the players through the uh, youth system, regardless if you've bought every single player, if you're a rival fan of that club, you will think that they are ruining English football. And that's what people, that's the question that had been asked. Are City ruining English football? And the answer is no. Because in any t- set period of time, one team has dominated England English football in a set period of time. No one's dominated been... English football like this Man City side. Nobody even comes close to it. Man United used to go toe to toe with Arsenal. Used to go toe to toe with Arsenal. Used to go toe to toe with Chelsea. Under no circumstances ever did anyone have to get 98 points to win a title. It was round about. I think titles have been won in the past on 78, 79 points. If you got near the 80 point mark, you were guaranteed to be champions. You get near the 80 point mark now, you're looking to get fucking top four. So what, what I'm saying is like. Nobody's done what Man City's done. Nobody in world football has done what they've done. Where it's 95, if you don't get 95 points, you forget about it. You're not getting anywhere near them. Nowhere near them whatsoever. Manchester City go out and it's different as well, me, because the financial fair play's been kicked in for the last five or ten years or whatever it's done. And they've broke every single law what's been put in place. That's just so a fact. Get the point do I care? Not really. I wish Liverpool had fucking done it. I wish we had done it. As you'd say, there you go, bang, and I'd be like, well, fucking is what it is. I'm buzzing. We've got loads of titles. Don't give a fuck. But you can't compare this Man City side to the Man United. Man United are only comparing how done they've done it. I'm not comparing the way that they've got the overall goal. The goals are different. All I'm saying is Man United dominated English football for many years, and now City are dominating English football. For many but nobody's years, nobody's dominated like this, Jimmy. That's the point. Man United went toe to toe. This is far tighter You're saying that people, you, you, but people are there or thereabouts. Arsenal have pushed this city's team all the way. So Arsenal are on ninety points. So regardless if they've won the Premier League on seventy-eight points or ninety, United have won it regardless of how many points they've won it. But you're now saying, oh, that this is different to that because. Or the, you know, if City, United won it on 78 points, so it on 76 points. Because Man, Man United didn't spend anywhere near what this City spent back then. Man United made one possible 30 million sign in a season. That's it. They bring the players through. You look at the Man United, the great sides. The back four was basically fucking homegrown with Rio Ferdinand dropped in the middle. The midfield so was homegrown with Roy Keane. So, so from 2006 to... 2011, United won four out of five leagues. So I'm just looking, I'm looking in the background there and I'm trying to, so I love it when I make a comment and then you two just go off. It's, <laughs> it's, it's absolute gold to me. And when I'm, when I'm looking at what you're both saying, I think Jimmy's talking about the dominance side. Yeah, I'm not talking of how it's been done. I think, but what, what the That's other key, side of this how is. It's, been done. This is the, 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 it's key. You, I'm, I'm saying the fact that you said that Manchester United only brought a couple of players through. That's so far from the truth. It's untrue. I've just named you seven players who played over 300 plus games, and we haven't even got to the likes of Darren Fletcher's and the likes. You know, Man United were flooded with homegrown talent. Man City's brought Phil Foden through. Every other player has cost multi million pound, multi multi. That's the, that. That is not the same. Toby it's wants to know. Toby wants to know, is it possible for the likes of a Sunderland, a Forest, a Villa to break up the top six and make it a big seven and stay there? Or has football and the money within football 
put a stop to things like that. And it's like Jimmy saying there, other than a Leicester, which in theory was a fairy tale story, they are becoming few and far between now. And the teams that spend the most money often do do win the leagues. Is it difficult to break that monopoly of the, the top six? Well, I think this season's proved that it's possibly it's due, but I don't think you're ever going to break Man City. I'm being honest, you know, man, they're just unbreakable because they've got the best resources. Newcastle may have these resources, but it's being proven now. I mean, for me, this season, Brighton have been an absolute revelation, a breath of fresh air. And I'll be honest with you, if Liverpool were live against, say, last night at Leicester or Brighton were live against an Arsenal, I'd be watching Brighton. I'm being honest with you because they're that good to watch. They're like, they just blow me away how they play. I think if Brighton got an, a goal score, he could actually fucking score goals instead of Danny Welbeck. I think they could be fucking right up there. And I'm talking like, yeah. I'm not saying winning leagues, but they could be right up there if they could keep the score. Well, you're looking at it here, Jim. You're looking at Brighton as the as the poster boy. And I and you said it before, Tank. If you're looking at potential managers of the season, you've obviously got the obvious ones, but deserve, deserves to be in that conversation, if not, if not winning it. Because if you look at that now, and you're looking at the sustainability of Brighton, and they should be used. And people like to knock Liverpool uh, because I think I think sometimes we make it easy to to take shots at, at Liverpool and Liverpool fans. But what Liverpool fans were trying to say at the time when they went up against City, and it's not that they're crying poverty by any stretch. They've spent on big players and spent money on on all big sums of money on certain players. But the way that they did it was a sell-to-buy policy. It wasn't like Manchester City where they could basically make four or five expensive mistakes. I'm thinking fullbacks where they spent a shed load of money on bloody fullbacks. Don't quote me, but I feel like it was like 200-odd million on right. d- defenders or fullbacks that they, were, that they basically then binned off. Liverpool weren't able to do that. So I thought that Liverpool would give other people hope in that if you invest well and you sell well, the Coutinho sale was able to bring in two top-class players and and by beg, stealing and borrowing, the, the, you know, with, in, in terms of players out and players in, they were able to, to turn themselves into a into a top, top side again, challenging by using data and smart recruitment. Liverpool have slightly lost their way a little bit and, and there's certainly question marks over it. Whereas Brighton, I think, should be seen as exactly that you look at what they're about to do in the in the summer now you're going to say Casado is probably going to be off McAllister uh, potentially 70 million to Liverpool you know they're going to be able to raise huge amounts of transfer budgets and you would have absolute faith in them Jim being able to bring in the right type of players probably for half of the cost and then go again with a very very smart manager surely they would be the poster boy for breaking into that top six the issue you've got is, you know, remember when Southampton had this team of Mane and Van Dijk and all these players? They had, was it was it Dan Ashworth who was there? I can't remember if it was him or not. And they had a, a sporting director who was bringing all these players, young players in that were then being sold. Um, name, Jimmy. You are? Forward, the good looking fucker. I was just thinking of him, yeah. He, he was a good looking, yeah, it was. Grazio, uh, Grazio, uh, Pele, yeah, Pele. Very handsome, his worldie, by the way. I follow her on Instagram. Have a look at her. Yeah, I'm not surprised, I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah, he's, I think he's, 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 an, he's more handsome than Giroud, him, and that's some going. Um, <laughs> oh, that's a tough one, now. But what happened is when these teams come up and they have these people behind the scenes that spot all these players, the big clubs then seemingly take them. So I think, I, I, I don't know if it was Dan Ashworth, but I can't remember. I know he's at West Brom and he, I'm sure he went to Southampton, but I can't remember. But they'll have a sporting director behind there that will Newcastle spot all now, isn't players. he, Ashworth? He was on the telly last night, Tim. Yeah. He went into yeah. the crowd. He's at Newcastle, isn't he? He went into yeah. the crowd. So what yeah. happens is these people that do such great jobs, they had the 
the, you had the Chelsea guy, didn't they? That uh, Michael, I can't, it was it Emanilo or something like that. When they do great jobs, other clubs want them. So what you'll probably find with South with um, Brighton is they'll get picked off. Whoever's doing all this scouting and finding, they'll go to a bigger club. Players will go, and you'll be in the Southampton cycle where actually it's detrimental to them for doing so well because the people that have done the good jobs get picked off. Sporting directors, players, managers, big teams with more money will come and and, and find. Um, we'll, we'll find a way to, to get these out. So, ideally, what Brighton will want to do is take this forward. But at the end of the day, money talks. And Brighton, I don't what you know. What's the Amex's um, stadium capacity? Is it twenty odd thousand? Twenty yeah, twenty eight thousand? Maybe. You know, if you've got a Man United, a Tottenham, a, a a City who are expanding, Liverpool, all these people coming knocking on Newcastle, bloody hell, you know, they're 58,000 stadium with it will only get bigger and with more money being pumped in, they will cherry pick these teams. And, it, you know, 10 years ago, Southampton had a team that was unbelievable. And now they've just been relegated from the Premier League because they I tried saw a graphic to replicate that team. I saw the graphic. They tried to replicate it by buying these young players and then, you know, selling them for a profit and doing it. And it, obviously at that point, you just find some amazing place to keep being able to churn that with different people is difficult. So that's what I think Brighton's challenges will be. I want to get your opinion, Tank, because there's, there's the football now is mad money, right? So Declan Rice look like, so there's going to be some big, big name departures from a lot of clubs, right? Declan Rice being one, I don't think anybody can begrudge him his move. No. Aside from the transfer fee that's being mooted, I, you know, I've been a massive Declan fan, uh, Rice fan for, for a long time. I think he's a, an unbelievable centre mid. And I think uh, within a top side, no disrespect to West Ham, I think he's only going to flourish. I think he's a future England captain, you know, roll out the, the, the credentials. I, I think he has the lot. But I'm looking at some of the figures, right? So with my Liverpool hat on, Liverpool supposedly walked away from Jude Bellingham. 120 million is too much. So I was like, OK, Liverpool going to go, go try and be smart and get two, three players in. McAllister's going to cost Liverpool seventy million, which is is a huge sum of dough. And I think he's a great player. Don't get me wrong, but I think Liverpool need two more on top of him. And I'm looking now that Declan Rice, they're talking a hundred million plus, is there? And, and don't get me wrong, him and Bellingham are, are the two kind of um, shining lights of England's midfield. But hundred million plus for Declan Rice, Bellingham's obviously hundred and twenty. You know the the level at which these teams have to buy top talent yeah. now, is it not skyrocketing out of control? Like surely something's got to be done because you're just not going to be able to invest. And then you've got to try and find these hidden gems and anyone with any type of profile. Now you're going to be talking, I think we were talking about Quivin Kelleher now, potentially 30, 40 million potentially to Spurs, which, you know, Unbelievably talented goalkeeper. I will run down my street with my pants over my head. The thing about Keller, like me personally, I don't want to lose him. I think he's a top keeper. I think he's an excellent goalkeeper. Ready. So if you're talking, if you're talking about paying top money, I mean Jordan Pickford's talking about going sixty million. He's one of the worst goalkeepers in the Premier League. He just gets away with it because the thing about Jordan Pickford is because Everton get peppered that much, is he makes saves more than any other keeper because they're getting battered. Match of the day goalkeeper. Stuff what I seen against Man City, what he was doing. I mean, lads, come on, it's fucking, it's. I mean, it's dives when the ball's gone. You're like, what? What? What even is that? So it's a difficult one, but just going back on, this is what we spoke about on the podcast previously, Jamie, where Liverpool have been linked with a £70 million for Mason Mantu. For me, he's nowhere near that level of player. 
if you're paying 70 million for him and 70 million for McAllister, I love McAllister, great player. I'd rather just get Jude Bellingham and just Jude Bellingham because for me, he's twice the player of them to put together anyway as an overall package. So I'd rather just get one sign and make him the main sign and, and just try and fucking, you know, rally around. Fabinho was looking, he is, I thought last night he was outstanding, he's looking like his old self. I'll tell you what did make me laugh last night was where uh, Henderson knocked the ball down the right-hand side and tried to run past the player. I thought, fuck off, Jordan. <laughs> 50 years ago, you couldn't do that. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather have got a Bellingham for 120, mate, and I had just secured him and have the best centre midfield player in world football, potentially, for the next 10 years than have a Mason Mount and a McAllister. It's, it's funny because just... you're looking at those 70 million fees and, and like, look, again, I'm, I'm happy with the McAllister signing. But I'd argue that Liverpool need, I know this sounds ridiculous, just a big six foot three, six foot four grok in midfield to just drive the team. You know, I, you know I what like we the, need, I, mate? Go on. You know what we need? Go on. If we could turn back time and get Genie Ronaldo back. Well, actually, this is the perfect segue. And, I've, and we've got a lot of questions about this particular topic. So I'm going to have to stay to you on this one. I think we are seeing a new Genie Ronaldo. And you've been quite critical of, and let me let me build on this, Jim, before you laugh at it. Right, you're not going to so, say the name, I think. Curtis Jones. Everyone's Cur- mentioned Curtis, this just name. let me Jesus let me finish. Christ, guys, let... I won good game against an awful Leicester team. Let, let me finish, right, like before Jesus you start mocking me, right? The this role. This is the first time I've agreed with Jimmy. This is, so the role that he is being tasked with playing in this new version of Liverpool. He's pressing more than anybody else. His ball retention is excellent compared to anybody else. He is the the glue, the glue in a lot of ways of, of that midfield. So he's doing a lot of a lot of dog work. He, it, ball retention, controlling tempo. He's now weighing in with goals. Your a couple of our listeners tank have, have piped up and said. So I just think it was Mark Richardson piped up. And where are we? Sean Patton wanted to know. Do you want to revisit your comments on Jones? You said he was a championship player and he's not a Premier League footballer while you have a hole in your arse, was the uh, exact quote. I, I would, before we come to you, I think he's got bags of talent. I think he's been unfortunate with injuries. I think Liverpool have fell off a cliff. I think you're now starting to see a confident Curtis Jones and we've spoke about the importance of confidence in uh, for footballers. I think he feels part of the team. I'm not saying that he's going to come in and solve Liverpool's midfield uh, issues here, by the way, but what I'm saying is he can play 25, 30 games for Liverpool a season and be a very, very good squad player for Liverpool. Uh, and, and very much in the way that he will cover the minutes that G- since Gini Ronaldo has gone and he's not been there because Gini Ronaldo was never injured. Curtis Jones can come up and be the legs for a Liverpool midfield and with a bit of quality now to, to kind of fill that void. What do you think? I know you said there, Jamie, about the glue, but I, I genuinely think that you might have been sniffing it. <laughs> now, I'll, I'll tell you now, right, the kid's done well the last seven games. I'll, I'll take me out of a goal, right, he's done well. If he plays 25 Premier League games for Liverpool next season, Liverpool are not going for the title and they're not going for the Champions League and they're not going for European football, even in the top six. The kid's not a bad player. He's had a real good run, scored a few goals against a Leicester side. Listen, that Leicester side is as bad as they come. Them centre-halves are as bad as you'll ever see in Premier League. But, listen, I'm, as a, this is me just as a Liverpool fan now. If, if he is in our midfield next season, forget the season. It's over. It's done and dusted. No matter who you sign, if Curtis Jones starts in your midfield three next season, good night, Vienna. 
But we're not saying I'm not saying that he's going to be the central piece of Liverpool because Liverpool have twenty five games. games out of a thirty six <laughs> games. games lad. Hold on, lads. You've, have you not seen how many games you play these these days with all the different competitions? You're looking at sixty no, no, seventy I, games. I that, so if he that. starts, if he starts, 20, we we played some games this year where we're relying on, albeit a very talented eighteen year old to basically hold up the midfield. If you're now swapping out and giving him 15 games, Curtis Jones, 25 games a season, starting, making an impact alongside your two other big-name midfielders, I think I think he's got more than enough to add the quality there. Curtis Jones would not even make a fucking Manchester City's under-23 sad. He wouldn't get near the Chelsea squad. He wouldn't get near the Arsenal squad. He, he's, he's not good enough. And I know, listen, he's a homegrown talent and he's done well. The lad, I can't even remember his name. I bet you it's whatever his name. He's a well, country man. Curtis Jones. A country man. What's his name? Betchards, is it? The Betchards, is, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> <Not bad. laughs> uh, and this is not me hating on Curtis Jones. And Jimmy will come in and say, he, he, Jimmy, he's not, you know, uh, he's just an okay player. He's nowhere near the level. Of t- if you want to challenge stuff, Curtis Jones can't be in your starting eleven on a regular basis. Jimbo, we're going to move on from Liverpool, right? Oh, by the way, just a quick shout out um, to the Liverpool away fans last night that were giving Bobby Firmino oh, the much deserved. Oh, yeah, like, I'll be honest, you know, loyalty in football is probably becoming a bit more few and far between these days, but as, as a servant to Liverpool and how important he was to Liverpool's success under Jurgen Klopp. I'll be honest, I'd, I'd, I'd have him probably right up there in the top three. I think he's been he's been absolutely unbelievable and I'm really looking forward to the send-off he gets next week when uh, when Liverpool are back at Anfield. So, fair play to all the Liverpool fans. Uh, Jimbo, going to come to you on uh, relegation and top four because I'll be honest, I think there's, there's a lot still to happen, certainly in relegation, but I, I think the top four, when I was looking at the fixtures before... Done. You, you still think it's done, Tank, yeah? It's yeah definitely done. Awful. I think Liverpool have got it, mate. Do you think? So, Jim, my question to you, and David wants to know, Forrester are in touching distance. They have Arsenal at home, big atmosphere. Can they do it? When you look at the fixtures around them, so if you don't know, Leeds have West Ham away, Spurs at home. Forrest have Arsenal at home, Palace away. Everton have Wolves away and Bournemouth at home. And Leicester have Newcastle away and West Ham at home. If you're looking at those fixtures and maybe the the, the momentum that's uh, happening for the various teams in the dogfight at the bottom, how are you thinking it's going to play out? I think when you say them, I think Everton have got the best fixtures out of the out of the lot there with Wolves and Bournemouth. There, they're, they're you'd have to safe. think Everton at home against Bournemouth. You know, I think they'll be on the beach. You think look, Everton aren't playing well, but if you've got a choice, they're the teams that you want to be playing. These are the teams that have just got safe and and are you know celebrating on the beach, you know, the old on the beach saying. So they're the ones Forest have got Arsenal that to be fair, it's not a, obviously it's not a bad time to play Arsenal because of the results that they're getting. Arsenal quite clearly won't win the league. So whether they whether they will give some of their um second string players a, a go, I don't know is the answer. But you know, i don't think they win it, but it's not a bad time to be playing them. Uh and Palace uh you know done really well under 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 Roy Hodgson since his return, so I don't, I don't think anyone's got easier games because 
no one's playing particularly well. Forest are the only team that really that are scoring. Yeah. The other teams can't score. Leeds can't score. Patrick Bamford's doing his best to try and get Leeds relegated. Jesus, he's <laughs> some of the goals that he's missed and opportunities he's at that I just can't believe it. So, you know, he's trying his hardest. Um <laughs> Leicester for me are gone. Leicester, I think yeah. I said this. I said this to you guys, and probably in about January, February, that Leicester will get relegated. And you, you tank Newcastle away. You'd th- you'd have to think that Newcastle will get the job done yeah. there, and you're yeah. asking them then to so, to get something from West Ham at home. They're arguably probably going to have to win that game. Be tough. For them. So for me, I think it. I think it stays as is. I think it stays as is. The three that are there go down. I think I think Everton will get some out. The only thing is, is I can't see Leeds winning to get out the bottom three. So um Everton and Forest don't need to win any games because I don't I just don't see Leeds winning any games. That's the Everton. thing, Tank. I'm looking at Leeds fixtures there. West Ham away and Spurs at home. You're looking at you know that honestly, lads, you know the thing, and I'll say it again. Sam Allardyce. But he, it's He's all well and good having a team, but if Patrick Bamford can't score, mate. So if, you, if people, no, this is the issue with Everton. Uh, Calvert Lewin can't score. So if you can't score, you Did can't he, win he games. The day, didn't he? Is he injured again? Probably. See the thing, but for me, for yeah, Everton, and I, this is the problem. What you've got, you know, if it goes down to the last game at Everton, and this is not a slant on Everton fans at all. It's just a it's it's a fact. It's poisonous, Goodison Park. It's poisonous. You look at Everton's performance under Sean Dice. They've all been really good away from home. You've had some really good performances away from home. At Get home, three. it's fucking the pressure's on them. If they go a goal down, the fans turn. I mean, you look how bad how bad was the Newcastle the fans were fucking raging. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they've managed the whole the home form for me for Everton. It's I bet you them Everton players would be sitting there thinking, I wish we were fucking away both games here. Mm-hmm. Because there's more freedom. But if they if if they're drawing at home and they need to win a Bournemouth at half time, say it's nil-nil, that would become toxic. How do you see it playing out, Tank? I, I, I agree with Jimmy. I just that Leicester back four is possibly the worst that's ever played Premier League. I was watching them against Everton, and you know, I thought, "Fucking hell, they can't be this bad." But they can't keep clean sheets, Leicester. They look like they're going to concede every time someone attacks. I think they're done and dusted. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's be, it's between Leeds and everything. And I just think Big Sam will just he'll he'll get something. He'll get he'll get a win, a big win somewhere. Yeah, the Leeds have West Ham away, Spurs at home. He said the other day, didn't he, Sam? I'll be happy to be in the garbage at the minute. It's him. Spurs are garbage at the minute. So, you know, it's always, it's a winnable game. But the issue, like I said, if you can't score, you can't can't score. And the way Big Sam plays, surely Bamford is is perfect for that role. Whip balls in and stick your head on it. But he can't, he just... he can't score. He just can't score. He's rubbish, isn't he, really? He is rubbish. <laughs> okay, a kid from Germany, a centre-forward from yeah. Germany. And he couldn't score in Germany, so like, <laughs> we'll bring him into the Premier League. I mean, he's got potential in that Haller, uh, not Haller, what's his name? Um, I can't the name rings a bell. Oh, Rutter, is it? It's Rutter, isn't it? Is it? Um, Two questions yeah, to finish off on, right? So, uh, listener questions, non-football. Well, this is actually football. Uh, tell a lie. Uh, Mike Sandy wants to know what is the strangest pre-game routine you've ever seen. Uh, ever seen. So I think superstitions. Uh, Jim, you look like you've got one to hand. No, out. it just reminds you. Have you heard the story about Gaza and Les Ferdinand? Oh, with his with his with his piece. 
Yeah, it just reminded me of that when I saw the question. <laughs> was that a one-off like thing, or was he just like, I need to touch No, so he did it one-off as a joke, and he apparently played like mint. And then it's he says like every other game, he was, every next game, he had to do the same. Gives <laughs> a go with that, Les, will you? Because he played so well. Go on, Les, let's have a talk. I've seen that pipe. Is it decent? Yeah. <laughs> we all were like, Jimmy's, you're, you're carrying a, a pipe on you, aren't uh, you, Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, I've won a few longest in the shower awards along the way. <laughs> you're not listening to the bonus, mate. They see God's gold, he give you that face, mate. <laughs> he really I'll give you the election there, son. Uh, what about you, Tank? Any weird ones? Also, I'm just I'm just looking at Jimmy's face. He's so happy that I just said that on the podcast. Like, look at him. He's buzzing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't think, to be honest with you, mate. I'm, I'm fucking thinking I've never seen like, It's all the old shin pad, like what left shin pad, right shin pad, left boot, right boot, skip over the line, all that sort of stuff. There's never been any, like, you, you think of people headbutting walls and doors and stuff, don't you, when you think of this? But that Gaza one's the one for me. And I, if, mate, yeah. to be fair, if I had a, if I, if he made me play well, I'd have a go with someone before, you know, before a game. We didn't have pre-game, Jim, but we had post-game. Me and Jimmy would stay in the shower. We'd stay in the shower genuinely just talking absolute rubbish for about an hour after the game and everyone else had left and we'd still be be in there talking absolute rubbish, (laughs) putting shower gel in people's hair when they're not (laughs) realising. And the final question is from Toby, who wants to know who would win in an arm wrestle and we need to complete this in uh, in Ireland. It's not me, lads. I, and I don't like arm wrestling, you know, because have you seen the videos where like people, <laughs> someone did it the other day, snapped. didn't they, where he snapped oh. these loads of videos, like that, that, that puts the that puts the fear in me, like I couldn't because I've got Doesn't long levers, You've not got like, much much meat on your arms I've got either. No there, meat, Jim, but long levers, so it's easily snappable. Like our Jack showed me that it was something on TikTok. Where was it? An Arsenal fan? It was. Yeah, it was. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. He was on a live stream. Wasn't it, 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 it just snapped. Yeah, yeah. fuck that. Uh, yeah, I'd say you let's probably all be honest, unfaired. Jamie. You win all the arm wrestling. It's like, I'm, I'm happy to say that. Yeah, look, I wasn't blessed for speed. Oh, I didn't tell you, did I? Uh, oh, I've seen it. You oh, are stiff. God. You that, are one stiff runner. I know. <laughs> so my missus, uh, Josh, had, uh, Josh, they had a athletics competition on Sunday, and then my missus, who's uh, one of Josh's coaches, was like, "Oh, there's a parents' race. Will you run in it for me?" I was like, "I'm slow. Why do you want me to run it?" I'm like, I, I know my <laughs> strengths. It's on video, it's on video yeah. mate. I'll send oh, it. Yeah, mate. so bad. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> In my defence, Jim, I know my Running, technique isn't I think isn't the guy great. next to you was about 25 stone and he only just No, 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 no. <laughs> come on now. No, uh, look. No, no, so, no. He was 22 stone. <laughs> so, so it's you basically the four, four by 100, right? So we all did 100 metres. And I was in it with... So Noreen used to... My missus used to run for Ireland. Her sister was an unbelievable runner as well. Um, and then we had... Uh, Someone else in the family, Barry, uh, who was held records. He ran like a penguin, but he was quick, you know. He looked quick, but he was dead upright, like Michael Johnson or whatever his name is. Uh, But he he held records as a sprinter as a kid, and then there was me. So I was like, right, okay, how are we going to do this? So I was third up. Lauren's sister went off like an absolute rocket, basically whooped the guy that she was running against. Then went to Noreen. Noreen more than held her own against the yeah, guy. Who the guy quick. caught up. Well, that's fair play, like, like. Yeah, she and he was he, he was not slow. And then it went to me, and like, Shit. I'll be honest, I knew I'm not I'm not quick, but <laughs> the guy I was running against, I just I wanted to make sure slow. that I didn't lose. 
No, he was he wasn't slow. No, I was I was <laughs> I was quite far ahead, I thought, until I had to do the changeover with the baton where I basically just stood still. And that cost Where's this, Jimmy? Where's this? If, if you've I'll seen this, Jimmy. I'll se- yeah, I'll send you. Yeah, put it up yeah, on Instagram. No, I was waiting for I was waiting for homos leg and he was like the guy oh my god he was like it's like two penguins having a race he was just slow in my defense i didn't lose i didn't lose we won we we battered him and i, I just didn't want to let the team down i because i was like these are all quick and there's me old fucking tin man walking around but all, all things that. considered uh yeah i did all right but i've got pains in my hips now i think both my hamstrings <laughs> went so yeah my running is uh is not a strong point right boys uh i gotta wrap it up there right um, Before we go, let's give a shout out, my mate, my my childhood friend from from high school, Peter Four, keeps tweeting me. Pedro, Will Stanton, an old team I used to play for many many years ago. They won the treble this year. I think it was a treble anyway. So well done to, the to boys. Will Stanton and, and and Pedro, and yeah, and, and also well done to Leeks SOB who end up finishing fourth with a couple of star appearances from me. Oh Jesus! Tell you what, lad. Well, all all these announcements at the end—is that what that tweet was with the three cups? Yeah, with the trophies. He's a good lad, Pedro. Is to be fair, he's a good lad. So yeah, Pedro we, and all the boys, fair play to you, lads. Treble winners. His, no, uh, his no. Dad need looked like Glenn Hoddle. He had the best mullet ever. Shout out to Joe Ford. What a mullet he had. <laughs> Anyone that I don't know if he's still got it. To be fair, I hope he has. <laughs> Anyone that's confident enough to rock and mullet is all right in, in, in my book. Uh, right, lads, pleasure as always. Uh, everybody at home, hope you're all keeping well, looking after yourselves, all that good stuff. Uh, if you would be so kind as to just get involved with us uh, on social media, have a chat with us, let us know what you think of the podcast. Uh, if you don't follow us on YouTube, give us an out, subscribe, like, leave us a comment. Uh, we love hearing that you're enjoying the show. So do keep supporting, do stay keep chatting with us send us in your questions and the plan is to be back with you next week with another episode of episode of the boot room podcast all the best boys